reading from the first epistle of the Apostle Peter. Beloved, be all like-minded in prayer, compassionate, lovers of the brethren, merciful, reserved, humble, not rendering evil for evil or abuse for abuse, but contrariwise, blessing. For unto this were you called, that you might inherit a blessing. For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil, and let his lips, that they speak no deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek after peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are upon the just, and his ears unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. And who is there to harm you, if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you are suffering anything for justice's sake, blessed are you. So have no fear of their fear, and do not be troubled. But hallow the Lord Christ in your hearts. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. At that time, Jesus said to his disciples, Unless your justice exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to the ancients, Thou shalt not kill, and that whoever, whoever shall kill shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be liable to judgment, and whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be liable to the Sanhedrin, and whoever says, Thou fool, shall be liable to the fire of Gehenna. Therefore, if thou art offering thy gift at the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother had anything against thee, leave thy gift before the altar, and go first to be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Praise to thee, O Christ. fifth Sunday after Pentecost, the tabernacle candle in the church burns this week in loving memory of John Ty Nguyen. The second collection this weekend is for our building fund. Uh, this week, and, and this week only, the Tuesday, the Tuesday evening Mass will be in English. It will not be a traditional Latin Mass. Uh, will be offered for the end of abortion, the usual intention for the second Tuesday of each month. Again, that's just this Tuesday. Next weekend, next Saturday, in fact, we'll celebrate the Feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. We'll have 8 o'clock Mass in English and a Latin Mass at 10 a.m. We'll have the investiture and the brown scapula and the enrollment immediately following both of those Masses. So if you've not been officially enrolled in the brown scapula, uh, it's certainly a good thing to do so. Uh, so we'll have those. Uh, you can simply come forward uh, to the rail, come forward to the front, immediately following those Masses for those enrollments and blessings. If you've not already done so, we've got some... Corpus Christi pictures on our, on our parish website homepage. We've got some more that are coming that will be soon uh, added to their number. And so it was a beautiful, a beautiful celebration. If you weren't able to make it, certainly uh, a fitting celebration, hopefully, we did to honor our Lord. And we pray that we'll continue to increase in that solemnity next year for that great feast. I want to encourage you also uh, to stop by in the vestibule of the church in the back near the uh, used book shelf. Uh, for uh, to look at the Adoration Chapel sign-up sheet. Uh, again, we are blessed, tremendously blessed, to have our Adoration Chapel. And although it is not perpetual adoration, it is certainly a number of hours during the week, uh, which is a, a source of much grace for those who, who go to pray there, but also for our parish, being able to, to have that adoration of our Lord be so, so present on our campus. 
Uh, and so we are, of course, looking for more committed adorers, those who can commit to a particular hour each week to come to spend with our blessed Lord in the sacrament. Uh, so we've got that, uh, those times available in the back of the church. And also, if you can't commit to a particular time every single week, uh, we do certainly have need also of substitutes. So when someone is sick or out of town and these kinds of things, uh, to be able to have someone who can fill in from time to time certainly would be a blessing. So if you uh, feel called in either of those manners, I invite you to, to the table in the back immediately following Holy Mass. As many are uh, not always very familiar with the traditional Latin Mass, not having grown up with it, uh, I myself never discovered the thing even existed until I was in the seminary, and I was quite, <laughs> quite confused the first time I went. I uh, was like, what is that? And how am I a seminarian that doesn't know what that was? Uh, I felt kind of a, a bad seminarian that day, right? And so there, there are a variety of things that as, we're, as we come to encounter the traditional rite, there are things that happen, these symbols and signs and gestures that take place that you just kind of go, what was that? And why did he do that? So there's a hundred things that we could easily ask that about. But one of those came to my mind as I was reflecting on the readings that we just heard. There's this reality that at the end of the gospel, the concluding part here, it says, therefore, if thou art offering thy gift at the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother has anything against thee, leave thy gift before the altar, and go first to be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Now, there is certainly, uh, within, the, within the, the, the preparations for Holy Communion of, of the rite of Holy Mass, there is the, the sign of peace. Uh, it's traditionally observed uh, kind of in a, a simpler form at the majority of Masses, uh, when the priest simply turns, or, you know, the priest uh, kind of with the, preparing the chalice uh, at, the, at the preparations there, it says, you know, the peace of the Lord be with you always, right? And so there's this, this gift of peace that is given immediately prior to Holy Communion. But in the fuller sign, certainly there at a solemn high mass, the, the priest receives it from the chalice and it passes it on to the deacon, the deacon, the deacon to the subdeacon, the subdeacon to the MC, and it goes down and it kind of trickles down through the rest of the congregation, this kind of simple gesture of a sign of peace. But that, again, that fuller sign of peace is not always present. In fact, it's, I've only been part of it uh, on, on a few occasions taking place at solemn masses. But how is it that we can understand this particular passage applying to us every single time we come to the holy altar to receive the gift and to offer the gift of the Eucharist? And I would suggest to you that it's in the second confidior that we celebrate here. Again, this was a normative practice in so many places. It was, uh, it was kind of set aside as one of the obligatory rules, but something that uh, has been retained here and is, can be retained in those places where it was traditional to do so. The second confidior. So immediately as the, as the priest has received the body of our Lord and then receives the blood of our Lord, their servers come to the side and they get the patents and they come over and they, make a, they bow down on the top step, the predella, uh, there before the, before the Lord in the Eucharist. They make the second confidior. And the priest then turns around to his right. And here's one of the questions that people ask. Why do you only bless the one on the right? <laughs> So he, you know, the priest kind of turns around and says, Misery autoritui, omnipotence, deus, divisus, practice, tuis, picaducati, ad vitam eternum, amen, indulgentiam, absolutionum, remissionum, etc., etc. So we do the misericordia and the indulgentiam. So we do it at the very beginning, right? So we have the confidior and the misericordia and the indulgentiam. And then we have it again right there at that moment. 
And the simple fact is that the priest, as he is, as he is turning, it seems as if he's only blessing the one on the right side. But in fact, he is blessing not just the server on his right side. He's blessing the one on the left side. And he's blessing every single one of you good people as well. And it's for this reason of preparing our hearts as we come to the holy altar. You see, the reality is that in the, in the, the traditional mass, the understanding is, of course, that, that as one makes the confidior, it is a verbal expression of the sorrow for our sins. And as the misericordia and the indulgentiam are then prayed over, over the individuals, uh, so all of you together with the servers at the beginning as well as immediately prior to Holy Communion, it is an absolution. It is a remission of venial sins. And this is part of the, the richness of the, what the church offers to us. As she comes and she brings us these gifts to be able to, to nourish our souls, to allow us to receive well and worthily, the simple fact is that the, the second confidio was, was added in. We can, we can think of it somewhat in practical terms as well as theological terms. The fact is that, that any time Holy Communion is about to be received, the, the confidio, the misericordia, and the indulgentiam are normative to be said. So whether one is here for the whole Mass and does it, if one can slip in uh, somehow you know, after, the, after the prayers at the foot of the altar, but they come in for Holy Communion, or if it was you know, normative that Communion would be received outside of Mass, you just do it after Mass. And so this is, again, a lot of random facts here about the traditional Mass. That's, that it was, it was not always the case that one would receive Holy Communion during Mass, as we understand now. Uh, back in the good old days where we had lots of priests, uh, on Sunday morning, you would have, the bell would ring, Father would come out, he would start Mass, he would finish Mass, and then, you know, he'd come back, and, and the bell would ring, and other priests would come out and do Mass, and then you could come up, and the priest who just finished would come down to the altar and give Holy Communion out to distribute, and while the other one was beginning Mass, and so oftentimes in many places, it was kind of a, it was a flow where, where Mass would be happening pretty much continuously at the, at the Holy Altar, but then it's, you know, before or after, one would come in to receive the sacrament. It was part of the kind of liturgical, liturgical, the liturgical movement of the 20th century that really emphasized the reception during Mass itself. Uh, but as I may have mentioned before, there's not actually a rite of communion for the faithful in the Missal at the altar. <laughs> it simply says the priest receives communion and then he purifies the chalice. Everything else of Holy Communion for the faithful as well as for the servers has to be here in the mind of the priest. Because so frequently was Mass just a low Mass, where Father simply did the Mass by itself, that it's, they essentially just kind of cut it out of the book. And then Holy Communion became a kind of secondary thing. But as Holy Communion became a kind of more integral once more of, of offering the mysteries in that particular Mass, receiving at that particular Mass, again, there was this, this coming together to be prepared for it. And so, whereas one would do the confidior, miseriatur, and indulgentiam uh, before receiving Holy Communion, it became then normative to do it even during the Mass. And so, as people would come in, you have the prayers to begin Mass, where you're, you're ready. But again, if something had happened during Mass, where you send against one's neighbor, uh, or you know, entertained uh, distracting thoughts, etc., or otherwise, if one came in late, as sometimes happened, because life is life, and sometimes you're late, right? If one arrives even after the prayers at the foot of the altar have been done, to have the second benfidio really is a tremendous blessing. Because it's that moment where we know we, we are about to receive the Lord. We're about to receive the Holy Eucharist. 
and the indulgentiam particularly is that manifestation of the mercy of God to cleanse us from anything that is present in our soul, a venial nature particularly, not mortal of course, but a venial sin, to cleanse all of it away and thus to be ready to go to the holy altar, to be ready to, to go and to receive our Lord with a perfect heart and a pure heart. Again, we see this kind of also kind of uh, carried over in some places where the emphasis was so intense upon preparation for Holy Communion that if you didn't literally go to confession right before you came up to the rail, you probably shouldn't receive because in the, in the five minutes or so that you have between, you probably did something, right? So it was this kind of Jansenistic thought of, of I'm so unworthy that if I didn't just go to confession, I shouldn't receive. That's madness. But there is this fact that of, of not kind of emphasizing and, and kind of hyper-focusing upon our, our, our brokenness, our woundedness, and our sins. But it is the fact that, that our Lord and His love for us gives us these opportunities as we come at the beginning of Mass, as well as right before Holy Communion, if again, if we are late or if, if something has happened in the meantime, where the Lord comes and He absolves us. He frees us. So that, again, to be able to receive worthily and well. And this is the gift of this passage, this, this reminder to us that as we come to the holy altar, it is for us, as we remember these things, particularly at the moment of those absolutions, at the beginning and prior to Holy Communion, it's a place for us to acknowledge our sins in both places and to continue to implore our Lord in His goodness and His mercy and to know that they will come in abundance. This is one small piece one simple thing where it seems as if Father just turns around and blesses one of the servers and ignores the other, but it's far more. It is a sign of love for every one of you. It is a sign of the Lord's love for us, who in His goodness desires purity of our hearts so as to receive every grace in store for us. And there are many in store which He desires to give to us. And so let us indeed recognize this gift of mercy to turn to the Lord in His goodness to implore him and to receive.